Good morning, JICF. It is so good to be with you again, and it's so good to have guests who are joining our virtual service this morning. We're so glad you're with us, and we're so uh, hoping that you've been blessed through our worship. And as we continue our worship through the Word of God, today we are continuing our study through Matthew's Gospel, and we land at Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. That's our text for today, and the sermon title is, What Lies Inside? What Lies Inside? Well, you might be thinking, what do you mean, Jonathan, by giving this sermon title, What Lies Inside? Well, what I'm talking about is our heart, our inner being, our inner man. I'm not talking about our heart that pumps blood through our body, but I'm talking about our heart, our character, who we really are in the very depths of our being. Now, if we're talking about heart, I have a friend, and I have several friends and brothers and sisters that have a huge heart for God and for, and for people, but one in particular is my buddy, Sean. Sean is a pastor at Binghampton Community Church in inner city Memphis, Tennessee in the United States, and I know Sean because we went to seminary together, and I first met Sean back in 2008 um, when I joined the seminary where I attended in Memphis, Tennessee, and I started going out. Uh, walking the streets of Binghampton with Sean and some other folks uh, early on in my seminary days. We would go out on the streets and just go witnessing. We would go around sharing the love of Jesus Christ with those who we come in contact with. We would build relationships with people in the community and try to start Bible studies and help them in other ways. And so I got a lot of uh, personal time with Sean. And I, you know, I can honestly say, if I, if I observe his life, you know, I can tell his heart is good. I can tell he has a heart that beats for God and a heart that longs to serve others. And I see that, one, by his speech. You know, I've never heard Sean, in all the years I've known him, I've never heard him say anything negative. I've never heard him complain. He's always thankful for what God has given. He's always thankful for what God is doing, even in the difficult times. I've never heard him speak bad of anyone else. I've never heard him slander a person or gossip about a person. You see, good words, encouraging words, gospel flows from his mouth because of his good heart on the inside and his actions. The fruit of his actions that flow from his good heart that's been redeemed by God's power and by God's gospel, good actions also, good fruit, flow from his life. I'll give you one instance in particular. Uh, one day we were out walking the streets, witnessing in his community, and I met a fella, and I began ministering to him and sharing the gospel with him, and we were in the Word of God together, and time just got away from me. And... We were supposed to meet back up at our meeting spot at a certain time. Well, time passed me, and I had forgotten my cell phone. I had left my cell phone at home. And so I finished my meeting with this fella, and I go back to our meeting spot, and nobody's there. Well, I decide just to go on back to our home at seminary housing. And when I got there, I walked in the door, and Shun was there. And he said, John, you're okay. 
He said, man, I was so worried about you. I was trying to call you. I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I left my cell phone at home. He said, we were worried about you. We thought you were lost. I even called the police and filed a missing persons report. I thought something had happened to you. Praise God, you're okay. And I said, man, well, thank you. I am okay. I'm so sorry to keep you worried. But you see, Sean, because of his love for me, he drove all the way from Binghampton, which is about 25 minutes to my house, to, to check on me to see if I'd made it home okay. That's just an overflow of the goodness of his heart that's been transformed by God's Spirit, transformed by the gospel. You see, friends, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Because what lies inside, either our heart being good or our heart still being polluted with sin, that's going to determine and dictate the type of fruit that comes out of our lives. That's going to determine and indicate how we speak, the words that we communicate with others, and the actions that we take. And that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37, our text for today. Let me read it for us. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation of God's Word. Jesus said, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask right now that your spirit would open our hearts to receive your word and then apply it to our lives. And we ask, O oh God, that your spirit would help and anoint, give unction to your servant as he preaches your holy word for your glory and your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, in the previous passage, in verses 22 through 32 of Matthew 12, that Pat uh, Yusuf, Brother Yusuf, spoke on, preached on last Sunday, we see Jesus had healed a demon-possessed man. A demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak. And Jesus restored his sight. Jesus healed him so he could speak again. And the Pharisees basically said, well, you know what? The power that Jesus had to do that miracle, to restore that man's speech, to give sight to his eyes, it was from the devil. The devil himself, Satan himself. And what they were doing with that evil and blasphemous speech was blaspheming against God's Spirit. They were attributing to Satan 
the work of God's Spirit. And it was a horrendous offense. It is the unpardonable sin to attribute to Satan the work of God's Spirit. You see, the words, the evil, blasphemous speech that came out of the Pharisees' mouth, their, their absolute denial of Jesus as the Messiah, they're attributing the power of the Spirit in him to perform that miracle on that man to Satan. That was just an overflow of the evil in their hearts. Their hearts that were hard to God, their hearts that were hard to the truth and to Jesus. Dear friends, our actions and speech reveal the condition of our heart. We're going to see this more as we walk through this text. And I want to take us through each verse, 33 through 37. And then we're going to focus, we're going to hone in on verse 35. In particular, we're going to hone in on what makes for a good heart from which good fruit flows. That's where we're going to spend most of our time today. But let's look at verse 33. Let me read it again. Jesus said, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. So Jesus, the master teacher, as we know he is, he is giving an illustration here to help people understand that what flows out of a person, their speech and their actions, bear witness to what lies inside of them, the condition of their heart. And he uses a tree. Yeah? We, if a tree has fruit hanging off its branches, beautiful green leaves, we can say that the inside of that tree is healthy. If you see in the slide on the screen, I took this photograph last weekend when my family and I had a little chance to get up in the mountains uh, outside the city, and it was, a, it was a wonderful time. It was a beautiful day. And if you see, I've got two arrows pointing to two different trees. Well, you see the arrow on the right pointing to that tree with the, with the pretty green leaves. We can see by the green leaves on that tree that that's a healthy tree. Yeah? That it's not infected with disease. It's getting proper nutrients so that those green, pretty leaves are hanging off its brown branches. The leaves bear witness to the health, the inner health of that tree. Contrary to that tree, the tree on the left that has no leaves hanging off its branches, we can discern, we can rightfully say that there's something wrong on the inside of that tree. It's not healthy. That's what Jesus is saying in verse 33. Friends, how we speak, if we are, if we are continually complaining, if we are derogatory in our speech, if we, are, if we are consistently putting people down in hopes that we look good, okay? if our actions, even though we try to cover them up sometime, maybe with some good deeds and doing this for that person and doing this other thing for this person, but at the end of the day, most of the time we are serving ourselves. We're trying to do the things that will get us to a higher position or better our life, quote-unquote. Friends, that bears witness that there's something wrong on the inside. But on the contrary, like my friend Sean, 
when we observe his speech, what he talks about and who he talks about, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and how he selflessly serves his family and his community and others, we can see what lies on the inside of Sean is a good heart, a heart that's full of God's spirit and God's love and God's grace and mercy. And that's why he goes on, and then he goes on in verse 34 of our text, and he says, You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. They wouldn't speak encouraging words to the people. They wouldn't try to lift people, other people up because they were trying to lift themselves up. They wanted people to view them as, as so holy and so religious and so good and so high and so esteemed because their hearts were still corrupt. The Pharisees were bad trees in great need of a radical transformation by the power of of God's Spirit. Do you, dear friend, need a radical transformation today by the power of God's Spirit and the power of God's Gospel? I don't know. Only you can answer that. The text goes on to say in verse 35, Jesus said, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Now, I'm going to spend more time on that in just a moment. But basically what Jesus is saying here is, you know, the, if in the context here of him speaking to the Pharisees, he's saying, you know, the evil character of the Pharisees was, was revealed by their evil and blasphemous speech toward Jesus and the Holy Spirit, which they said in verse 24 of chapter 12. A person's character albeit good or bad, is revealed by the words they speak and the things they do. And then, on, and then he goes on in verses 36 and 37. Jesus said, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. That word idle means careless or haphazard word you speak. He says in verse 37, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Jesus is talking about final judgment here. He's referencing final judgment when he's going to come back one day and every person that's ever lived and is living is going to have to stand before Jesus. And in verse 36, yeah, what Jesus is saying is, you know what? Even every careless word, every subtle word you speak, you'll be held accountable for. And friends, you know what? If you really listen to people, yeah, you really listen even to the somewhat subtle speech or remarks that come out of their mouth, you can tell what kind of person they are. You can read a person's character even by the subtle remarks that come out of their mouth. Have you noticed that? Do you know that? And that's what it's talking about in verse 36. You see, our speech, in verse 37, will be evidence that acquits us at final judgment. Acquits us, not condemned, not guilty. Or our speech will be the evidence, our derogatory speech, our speech that puts people down, 
speech that ultimately is against God and his kingdom and his gospel. That same speech will bear truth, will bear evidence that our heart has not been made right with God. That our heart is still polluted with sin. And if our heart has not been redeemed and reconciled to God and made right by God's Spirit and by the gospel, friends, we will face condemnation at the end. That's not God's plan for anybody. That's why He sent His Son, Jesus, to redeem us, yeah? to make our heart new, yeah? so our hearts can be filled with God, God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, God's care and kindness, God's compassion for others. As I mentioned, I want us to look at verse 35 of this text. So oh, that's the overview of what's going on in 33 through 37. I want us to look at verse 35 now. I'm going to read it one more time. Jesus said, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So the question that I would like to pose for us today, dear friends, is what makes for a good heart from which good fruit flows. And I'd like to share with you, dear friends, three biblical principles that need to happen in us and that we need to put into practice in order that we would have a good heart, a heart that's, that's filled with God and His love and His goodness from which good fruit flows, particularly good speech, gospel-centered, Christ-exalting speech, and good works. And the first thing that must happen to us, dear friends, in order to have a good heart from which good fruit flows is there must be a transformation of the heart. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone a new life has begun. Friends, how do we become new? How does the old, sinful, polluted, corrupt person die and we become new and, and get a new heart? Well, we have to belong to Jesus, as what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. We have to belong to Jesus. We have to be in Christ. We're not born being in Christ. Dear friends, we're born sinners. In Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9, this is talking about the unregenerate person, the person whose heart is still polluted with sin. The Bible says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is. That is the condition of our heart in its original state, brothers and sisters. It's full of evil and sin. It is lying and deceptive, and it is desperately wicked. Okay? That's who we are, pre-conversion. Okay? 
But praise be to God, our heart doesn't have to remain in such an evil state. Amen? Peter, in his second sermon in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 3, verses 19 through 20a, Peter said this. He said, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, God, because He loves us so much, He doesn't want our heart to remain unchanged. He doesn't want our heart to remain in this evil, sinful, corrupt state. You see, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth. Jesus is fully God. Jesus is fully man. He came to this earth, born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus lived a perfect life. For three years, He ministered among the people. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. He performed many miracles. He gave sight to the blind. He caused the lame to walk. He raised the dead. And ultimately, perfect sinless Jesus went to a cross at Calvary. Jesus died on that cross. Jesus poured out his blood for you and me to take our sins away and to restore us back into right relationship with God and to grant us salvation and eternal life. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried, but praise be to God, He rose from the grave in the third day to prove that He is our only Savior. He is Lord. He's the Messiah. And there's salvation only in Jesus Christ. There's forgiveness of sins only in Jesus Christ. And what Peter's saying here is, if you would repent of your sins, if you would do a 180 and say, I'm not going to keep living in a lifestyle sin, I'm going to turn from my sins, I'm going to ask God to forgive me, and I'm going to turn to God in, by faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Peter says, guess what? Times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. That means God's Spirit, when we repent and believe in Jesus Christ and commit to following Him, dear friends, God's Spirit comes to live in us and it refreshes us. We no longer feel like slaves under sin and condemned to eternal death, but we are free. We are alive to God. We are refreshed in Jesus Christ. And dear friend, that can happen to you today. If you look inside your heart, what's going on? Are you still far from God? Are you still a lost sheep that's gone astray? And you need to turn from your sins. And you need to put your faith in Jesus. And I guarantee you, because the Bible says so, God's Spirit will come in and refresh you, even during this dark and difficult time that we're going through at, at this point in history. Your finances may not be good. You may have lost your job. You may be struggling in a relationship. You may be down because of, of having to stay in so much because of COVID-19. But God wants to come in and He wants to refresh you today. Would you let Him, dear friend? Oh, dear friend, in order for our heart to be good and refreshed so that good works produced by the Holy Spirit can flow out of our life, we must have a transformation of the heart. That's the first key. And the second key is, in order to have a good heart from which good fruit is flowing out of, oh, dear friends, we must be providing provisions 
for the heart. We must make provisions for our heart. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, said this. He said, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. What is Peter meaning here? Well, he's writing to believers. And he's saying, we need to be like babies. If you think of a newborn baby, when they are hungry, they crave for their mother's milk. And they will cry until they get it. They will cry until they get it. Friends, that ought to be our attitude for the Word of God. The word here, spiritual, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, in the Greek is logikos. Logikos, which is a derivative of logos in the Greek, which is word, meaning the word of God. Spiritual milk, here, if we do the proper uh, investigation in the original language, it's talking about spiritual milk is the word of God. So, dear friends, as believers whose hearts have been made new, who've been changed and transformed by God's spirit and God's gospel, it doesn't stop there. We need to be making provisions so that our heart stays near to the Lord, stays close to God, so that God's love is being shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 5. And how do we do that? We do that, one, through spending time in God's Word. Spending time in God's Word daily. Reading it, thinking about it, meditating upon it, discussing it with others, memorizing it. The psalmist said, Lord, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. When we hide God's word in our heart, it helps us not to fall into temptation. It is our offense, Paul writes about in Ephesians 6, against the enemy's attack. Friends, if we want to have a good, nurtured heart, we want to be healthy on the inside, we want to be walking in intimate, close relationship with the Lord, we have to be feeding our heart with God's Word. Are you, brother and sister, feeding your heart daily with God's Word? I like to meditate upon the Word on my knees. I'm not trying to do this to boast. I'm just trying to give you an example. But when I read the Word on my knees and I think on it, it leads me to the next thing we need to do, another provision for the heart. It leads me to prayer. To pray the Word. I love to pray the Word. And I'm enjoying prayer more in my Christian life now probably than ever before. Because it's what connects us to Jesus. It's what helps us abide in Jesus. As he talks about in John 15. And in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7, it said this about Jesus and his prayer life during his time on earth. It said, the, uh, the writer of Hebrews wrote, While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep Reverence for God. If Jesus lived in prayer to the Father during His time on earth, how much more do you and I 
need to be living in prayer. How much more do we need to be spending time with God alone in private prayer like Jesus talks about in Matthew 6, 6 when he tells us to go in your room and shut the door and offer private prayers to your Father. How much more do you and I need that? To nourish our hearts for God and His people and for the lost. And then throughout our day we need to be practicing ongoing prayer, as Paul talked about in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, praying without ceasing. Where we're just going through our day, carrying on a conversation with God. If you want to read about kind of how to do that, a very practical way, read Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. I think that could be a help to you. We need to be praying with others. We need to be praying with our families. We need to be praying with other believers, our church family. So important to stay connected in and to provide spiritual nourishment to our hearts so good works can flow out. And then secondly, we need to be, we need to be practicing praise and worship unto the Lord. Psalm 95, verses 1 through 2, the Bible says, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs of praise to Him. Oh, I, I love to sing to the Lord. You know, even last Saturday when I was, I was going to sit down in my study room at home and begin to pray and think about the sermon for today, I, I'm telling you, I was at a, I, I, I just, the ideas weren't flowing. And so what did I do? I just put on some Christian praise and, and, and worship, and I just started worshiping God. And man, it's just like the love of God just, just, just came upon me. And it got me ready. I got excited. And I read this text, and I meditated on this text, and I prayed through this text, and the ideas started to come. Just this morning, just this morning, before I came, before uh, coming here to record this sermon, God put a song of praise on my heart and I, I put it on my phone and my bathroom and it's just like God's Spirit just touched me and just like said, my son, you're ready, go preach my word. And it was so refreshing for me and my heart was full of God's love and I was so excited that He would choose me to preach His word. He doesn't need me, but He would choose me. Spiritual food came to my heart. We need to be spending time not only in corporate praise and worship like, like we do when we gather now virtually on Sundays, but also in our own homes with our families and then personally as well. Personal praise and worship unto God. And then thirdly, another provision to make sure our hearts get in the proper food it needs so that good fruit, good speech can flow out of it. We need to be in fellowship with other believers. Hebrews 10, 25, the Bible says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. We need to be gathering. Now, I understand right now we can't physical, physically gather like we normally do, but you know what? We can still meet virtually. I was so encouraged a couple of weeks ago when another, uh, when a friend of mine, a brother who also attends JICF, we, we had a coffee break together. Uh, I think it was on a Thursday afternoon at 
and he had some tea, and I had my coffee, and we met virtually in a video call, and we fellowship, we caught up with each other, and then we prayed together. That was the best part of the whole conversation. We fellowship, yeah? Recently, I have started joining Tuesday night uh, prayer time, prayer virtual gathering of JSEF. And man, I'm so encouraged to gather, and, and, and although we're not talking a lot, we're praying a whole lot more than we're just sharing, but the fellowship with brothers and sisters here in this body. Thank you, Sister Dewey, and thank you, Sister Maroon, for arranging that. I'm so blessed. We ought to long to be meeting with each other. Dear friends, if we're not longing to gather with other brothers and sisters, that, that, that's a problem. We need to do some self-introspection. We ought to love to gather with the church. Right now we've got to do that more virtually. But we ought to love being around other Christians. So we can encourage them. And they can encourage us as we share testimony of God's goodness, God's greatness in our lives. As we can edify one another, lift each other up. Because we need it. Oh, dear friends, our faith is personal with God, but it's not private. We are to be living out our faith in the context of of community with other believers. We're to be living our faith out there among the lost who need their hearts transformed by the power of the gospel and God's Spirit. When we fellowship, we provide spiritual nourishment to our heart well these are some provisions that we need to make so that our heart is healthy so that good fruit can flow out of it for the glory of God and to be a blessing for others and then lastly lastly in order to have a good heart so that good fruit can flow out of it we need a commitment we need a commitment from the heart second Peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 8 Peter addresses this issue. He says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. Friends, we're not saved by good works. The Bible's clear about that. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. But dear friends, God also said in his word in Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Jesus said in John 15, verse 16a, Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. And then Peter's addressing essentially the same issue here in 2 Peter chapter 1. Friends, our, we know that sanctification, yes, is God's Spirit at work in us, okay? So we are passive in one sense, but on the other sense in, in progressive sanctification, we are active. Friends, we have to take steps okay, to live moral, excellent lives, as Peter's talking about here in 2 Peter chapter 1. Yeah, what does that mean? We need to set up boundaries in our life to make sure that we don't fall. Yeah, 
There's things and places we don't need to go and visit on the Internet. Okay, My wife and I, we've got boundaries set up. I don't ride in a car with another female. She doesn't ride in a car with another male. We set up boundaries to help us pursue moral excellence that glorifies God and is a good witness for others. Yeah, With knowledge. We need knowledge of God's Word. That means what? We have to be active in studying it. Okay? We need to be pursuing self-control. We know that's a gift of the fruit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I have to be praying. Lord, help me have self-control. Yeah? I want that. Just this, just last week, I kind of got angry at my son for no reason. He wasn't wrong. I kind of lost self-control, and I had to go behind, go back and say, Son, I'm sorry. I messed up. Daddy was wrong. Okay? I, I lack self-control. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You were not wrong. I want to have self-control. Yeah, I want to be controlled by God's Spirit. Okay? Patient endurance. We have to pursue that. Okay? Right now, we might be feeling impatient. Yeah? Right now, trying to endure in the faith might be hard because of this situation. We have to ask for God's help. Yeah? We have to train ourselves. Yeah, I'm going to be patient. Okay, this will pass. God's with me. All right. And sometimes we just have to hold our tongue and say, Lord, I want to get angry right now. Okay, I want to be discouraged, but just hold my tongue. And then we have to hold our tongue. Godliness. We have to be pursuing to live out the character of God. All right. With brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. We have to show acts of service. We have to show love. We have to put love in action. Love is an action. You know? Can I brag on my wife just for a moment? How she put love in action just this morning? Just this morning. She said, I want to send food to one of my friends. She needs encouragement. Friends, that's an action. That's doing something. How can her friend really know she loves her if, if my wife yelling doesn't, you know, call up and, and order some food to be sent to her friend's house. That's showing brotherly, sisterly love and affection. We have to be committed to doing good. Yes, it is God's Spirit doing the work in us, but we have to have a personal commitment. We have an active role in doing the good things, the good works that God has planned for us in eternity past to do. Friends, these are the three biblical principles that we need to put into practice that need to happen to us if we're to have a good heart from which good fruit flows out of. For the glory of God, okay, to prove that we're uh, Jesus' disciples and to be a blessing to others that God would use to encourage them in their faith if they're believers and God would use to bring uh, lost souls to the Savior. Well, the question that I want to pose first now, the last one before I close, is how is your heart today, dear friend? How is your heart today? If you take a step back and you observe your actions and your speech recently, do they bear witness to a healthy heart? Where God's Spirit is living, God's Spirit is controlling you as you submit yourself, to His leadership, Jesus' leadership over your life? How's your heart today? If your heart's not in the right place with God, if, you've, if God has yet to change your heart, 
you repent and come to Jesus today. If you're a Christian and you're your heart, you've, you're kind of in a rut right now. Yeah. You come back to the Lord. You ask for forgiveness. You say, Lord, I need your help. Yeah. You take steps to make provisions for your heart. You get in the Word daily. You spend time in prayer. You start gathering with other believers, maybe virtually, of course. Okay. You start getting alone with God in praise and worship. And you make commitments to serve others. Yeah. You make commitments. Say, Lord, who, who needs serving right now? Who needs encouragement? Put that person on my heart. You can call them. You can video call them. You can text them. You could send food to them. You could send something to them to encourage them. You just ask God, and he'll put people on your heart. And then you be active in taking the steps to serve them with the love of Christ. And that will be good fruit that flows out of your heart for God's glory and for the edification of his church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you want to change our heart. You want to make it new. Yeah. You want to justify us through faith in your Son. And we thank you, Lord, you've given us your word. We thank you you've given us brothers and sisters. We thank you that we can talk to you in prayer. We can worship you through song to make provisions for our heart so it stays healthy and it stays clean and close to you. Help us, Lord, to be committed to love and good deeds. Help us to be committed that the speech that flows from our mouth honors you, exalts your son, Lord, and is a blessing for others to encourage them, say things that are positive. Help us, Lord, today. Help us, Lord, this week ahead. Help us always. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.